are on. So today I have Mr. Taufik with me, mm-hmm. and um, I I have to say like their their podcast that I that I look forward to hanging out with my friends, and then their podcast which I'm like, I'm I'm meeting this star, and like Taufik <laughs> Taufik's been like a kind of a I don't know what that word is, but it's almost like. When I when I met you for the first time, mm. okay, so first of all, he's the strongest man in Singapore. Yeah, this is a this is a is a fact. Okay, um, but it's so unreal, man. Like when I met you for the first time, you know, and yeah. I, okay, I'll I'll tell you, okay, those of you that um, this was the uh, we'll be doing the the filming for the that's fit right, fit o'clock, yeah. yeah. So so um, Jason, who's been on the podcast before, so Jason and Don, mm. um, they. They, you know, they they pitched me this good idea. We shared this idea of doing a YouTube channel called Fit O'Clock. Yeah. So we did. Um, we wanted to do a piece of content called um, "Fit Guys Try Strong Men." So these two bodybuilders would go <laughs> to to a gym to meet a real man. No, just kidding. Just to to meet a, a strong man and yeah. kind of you know understand and play in that sport and and experience it. Mm. So how it worked, right? So they were like, okay, we're gonna meet Taufik today, and he's like Singapore's strongest man. I go, okay, I'm mentally prepared. So I went in. I went into the gym. I remember opening the door, and uh, Taufik was sitting on the bench press rack for some reason. He was just sitting there waiting for us. Yeah. So I walk in, and I meet you. And you're like, "Hey guys, hi, nice to meet you." And I was like, <laughs> "Wait a minute! I expect this dude to be like, yeah, drop your stuff over here and walk over there.'" But I was like, "Wait, <laughs> what, what? What's going on?" You know. So it took me a while to register. Mm. And then after that, during the session, there were so many things that you that you shared. You probably maybe you don't remember, but a lot mm. of these things that you shared, right? Um, really stuck with me, you know, mm. and I'll, I'll just mention one. So I remember like, um, so I was filming and Jason and Don were doing the lifting and all that. But after cameras cut, I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. I'll do a bit of lifting as well. Mm. Um, so as I was kind of like playing along with them, I remember there was a time when there was a lift that Don couldn't do. Mm. And then you told him, you told us before we even tried, you said, if you yeah. can't do it, yeah. walk away. Yeah. And then yeah. come back, reset and walk yeah. away. Yeah. And then Don tried it. And I remember yeah. he put it down and he was like, Ah oh, man, that's not. And he went again, yeah. and you were like, "No, Don, walk away, yeah. walk away." But then he kept on, and and you got louder. You're like, "Look, walk away." So maybe we, can we start there? Like, what is this concept of like, you know? I think I think the the whole concept of just like walking away for that moment is just to to give yourself like a almost like a mental timeout. Mm-hmm. Because like um, with, with strong men, one of the one of the things that um, can happen in strong men is that you can get hurt really bad, very fast. Right. Um, because when you go to the gym, it's all machines, and you know it's it's somewhat controlled. I I feel that the gym is pretty uh, a safe environment. Okay. But when when you throw in like uh, strongman equipments and you're untrained, mm-hmm. or like you're not feel familiar with the equipment, um, you might get hurt. And it would take right. a few times or tries or failed attempts for your body to actually adapt. Right. So it's 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 all almost like a. Like a law of adaptation. Mm-hmm. So when you do it often enough, your your body, there's a certain parts of your body, of your, of your muscles, just it starts to like just light up and trigger. Right. And you'll get the lift. Right. Eventually. Because, because yeah. I think, so I, I talk about this a lot, but I feel that aesthetic bodybuilding mm. is the art of compartmentalizing the body. You want to break Correct. it down into, I'm only using my pectorials. Oh, Correct. I'm mainly using my pectorials, yep. right? So you're trying to mm. break it down. Whereas strongman and a lot of the arts I do, like martial arts and dancing, is the art of mm. bringing everything together yeah. and finding the most efficient way to produce the most amount of, right? The, I, think, I think the term you just used, Eden, is um, e- efficient. 
Mm. So I think the I think what I what I really feel about strongman or yeah. any form of lifting is to lift as efficiently as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, uh, without getting hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, it. I'll tell you why walk away was interesting for me. It wasn't mm. so much the physical, mm. but it. To me, it kind of applies to life as well. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. when things don't work, right, it's like, yo, walk away. Just yeah. just walk away, yeah. you know? And sometimes the more you try, the worse it gets. So it's like, hey, yeah. take that step away. Reset, right? Yeah. Because it's, I, I would say strong man is, mm. as much as people think, like, oh, it's just a physical thing. It is so much mental. You, you know you know what's funny? Yeah. Like, people always assume that um, that the that the stereotypical strong man is like a, uh-huh. like a, a beefed up, Juiced up, jacked up, uh, muscular guy uh-huh. who's a really strong. If, if like you know, in 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 a, in a fit of road rage, you could come on and just flip your car. Right, <laughs> right. Um, that's not that's not entirely wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. But but a lot of the strong men that I've competed with, or I know, especially in the overseas circuit, mm-hmm. uh, some of them, like for example, uh, have like um, a master's degree in economics. Uh, one of them is a biochemist, and another okay. one that, that I've met is actually a construction builder and an architect. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So this this stereotype that we have about big muscular guys is really mm-hmm. needs to go. Um, yeah. I'm I I have a master's degree in counseling and psychology. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that that I was really impressed with as yeah. well. But yeah, that that's so interesting. You know, I think. You know, when it when it comes to mental as well, like I remember mm. when when I was trying uh, when I was lifting wagon yeah. wheels with you, yeah. right? Um, Those are really heavy, though. They they, they, are, they are very heavy. It, it starts at hundred and forty kilos, and then you add weights to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, like, there's a moment. I I think it's similar to like fighting or like doing a flip, right? Or, like yeah. in dancing or yeah. acrobatics. It's like you need to be in that. A lot of people call it the zone. Yeah, definitely. But there's a there's a time when mentally your breath as well, yeah. and and everything sinks up, sinks and that's up. when you execute the yeah, thing, right? Definitely, because like even like I remember in my first competition in in in, in Hungary in Budapest, my first international competition, mm. uh, one of my friends followed me, and uh, is my good friend actually he followed me, and he was like my cameraman, was my. Uh, Kit manager and like equipment manager. Okay. So if I needed chalk, chalk was there. If I needed tacky, tacky was there. And like right. he was like shouting at me throughout the whole thing. And and then I um after after we reviewed the video, I'm like, uh, hey, bro, why you shout so loud? <laughs> I was like, you didn't hear. I uh, heard nothing. Oh. So because like even during the lift, it was uh it was Atlas stones. I remembered. Yeah. Um, I just uh, I was five stones. I managed to lift four. Uh-huh. And like. In in that in that one minute, I heard nothing. I just heard my own breathing, mm. uh, and and the sound of the stone hitting the platform. That's it. Wow. Yeah, and and wow, wow, wow. and f- that's that's how I I tune out. Does does this um level of concentration transition mm. into other things that you do? And if so, like in in mm. what way do you use something like that? Um, like uh, like give you an example. Like for me, right. Mm. When okay, I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, in a in the most random way. Sometimes, right, when I find that I know someone who is mm. very in need of help, for yeah. example, yeah. right, I think doing sports like that or activities like that allows me to then push away my own troubles or anything, whatever's going on, push it aside, and have undivided attention to yeah. like listen and communicate with someone. Um, I I go with the concept of uh, always doing one thing at a time. 
Um, well, right. basically because we are men and men can multitask, <laughs> which is actually true. Is that right? That's yeah, a, yeah, I, okay. I, I personally find it true. Huh. And like even even like when it comes to work, when there's like a million things to do, I, I'll always write it down and, oh, oh I've done this. Okay, uh, check or cancel it off. Uh-huh. Um, we tend to always want to do, I think as human beings, we want to uh, do more, we want to achieve more, but the... The reality of the situation is you can only excel at one thing at one time. Right. Yeah, and if you okay. have, if you have, I. This is just my own personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> if if you're a multitasker, you can do many things. Great for you, but yeah. I can't. So I I'm 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 always doing like things like always one thing at a time. Mm, mm, um, interesting. Because I I rather do one thing well, yeah. than do ten things okay. Like a jack of all trades, master of none kind of concept. Yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, go, going back to like what we were doing that time. So first of all, I remember starting off lifting uh, wagon wheels, yeah. right? So just how, like, how was the experience for you? Uh, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't ask you that day. Actually, like um, I'm going to use this as bragging sessions, but I'm I'm small. <laughs> I'm smaller than the other two guys. I'm I think I'm quite significantly lighter than the yeah, other two guys yeah. as well. Um, but in terms of the lifting, I was pretty okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but I think, you know. I think from from my perspective, how I saw it, because like, um, you were a little bit more in tune with your body. Because if I'm mm. not wrong, you mm. you practice karate or some yeah, form I, of I martial arts, right? A lot as well, yeah. yeah. So, um, and you have some form of base strength. It's just that mm. you don't look as good as Jason or Don, because <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, some of us jacked. have to look pretty, you know. Yeah, they look <laughs> jacked, and you know, yeah. But um, I think. One of the things that I think you did well that day was to, to really like really tune and take cues from me. Oh. Yeah, because you remember I was I was giving everyone cues. Yep, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I think it's also the ability to take cues and to to really listen and instead of, I I go with the this this concept every time when I live is, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Right. Yeah, the smoother you are, the the, the faster you are. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the less chance of getting hurt, right? Yeah. yeah, that that was that was actually really interesting. I yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I remember. So if you guys can imagine, right? It's almost like so people do deadlifts in the gym, yeah. and in a yeah. deadlift, the bar is like I can like. I guess my my fingers can kind of touch like my oh, thumb and my you know when you're in a I, I, okay yeah I, well you can clean cleanly touch. I mean the bar is something that is is you you're hand can comfortably wrap around mm. whereas with wagon wheels it's not exactly the no, same it's a it's a 50 mm bar so unless if you have the hands of a gorilla yeah <laughs> you could completely grab the the bar but y- you even can't, I can't right yeah and and uh tofik's got these like straps i don't yeah. know the uh, uh, those are figure eight straps so figure eight straps so what they do is they actually because the the the, the axle deadlift is actually not a test of grip strength Mm, it's a I test see. of uh, your own uh, back strength and how much you can lift. Right. So the the straps actually help a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, my hands cannot hold on yeah. to that weight, but when it's locked onto my my wrist, right, yeah. it feels like okay. Now I'm activating different yeah. muscles and um, yeah. So mm. can you explain like what that thing is? The wagon wheels, like so. Um, in in. I think quite some time back in in the world's strongest man, mm-hmm. and I think in the nineteen seventies or nineteen eighties, they actually had an event a, uh, a wagon deadlift. 
Okay. So, so and I remember asking this. It's not the wheels of a real wagon, but no. it's of a tractor. Or something. Um, oh, it's no, not. No, I, I, it's off a tractor, but I actually right. got, got it custom made. Okay. <laughs> Everything I have is custom made, and it costs a lot of money. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, um, it's actually to like it's just basically sheets of metal. Okay. Uh, I got my fabricator to to like really cut it into a circle and a weld on like a like like a something on top to make it look like a wheel. Right. Yeah. And it cost me an arm and a leg actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How, how much are one of them things? Oh, one piece about yeah. nine hundred dollars. Huh? So just multiply it by two is about a thousand plus. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Holy. And excluding transport, so it's about uh, good. Almost 2k Oh man I have a friend in, in, in Australia He wants to ship them Because he works For a tractor company So he wants to ship them over And then ah. I calculated The shipping charges It's probably not oh, worth it <laughs> He came up to about $3,500 Yeah, yeah Because yeah. The, I think The net weight That he wanted to ship over Was almost Because each wheel Is about 80 kilos Each side is 80 each kilos Each side Right Yeah and it was really hilarious because when I checked, it's like, uh, so it's about almost one ton. Huh? It's like uh, <laughs> four pairs of wheels uh, with the crate. Everything is almost eight hundred do- eight hundred kilos. And like, oh, how much is it? I, was, oh, I calculate for you. He got back to me the next day. It's almost almost three thousand dollars. And yeah. that's that's not worth it, man. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like. Okay, so so this is one of the strongman events, yeah. right? And it's yeah. ca- is it called wagon wheel? Uh, it's called axle deadlift. Axle, right? Yeah. So okay, like a yeah. wheel axle, yeah. axle deadlift. Yeah. And so okay, so just to explain what they kind of do, I am not sure how it works at strongman, the, yeah. the official ones. But yeah. when I was at your gym, I remember we were lifting it, and then on the sides you could add like additional yeah, plates you could add onto additional it. Plates. Is that how they do it in yep, competitions? Yep, that's how they do it too in, in in competitions where it's the thing about strongman uh, competition or the equipment is like. You can always load or unload weights. Uh-huh. So recently, in about past five or eight years, uh-huh. um, previously strongman was just for the super heavyweights, those uh, hundred and five kilos and above. Now okay. they have um, lighter categories like under seventies, under eighties, under nineties, one zero five, and then and then now they have the the masters where it's like you know um, forty and above, fifty and above. So so like you know if you're forty and above and you're still and you know. And you're feeling like an uncle uh-huh. And you don't want to compete With the younger and stronger boys Oh yeah You join the masters ah, <laughs> Yeah I see I see What What is that So without any weights on How mm. much is that thing how, Not how much money But how, how, how heavy <laughs> is that thing uh, About 140 140 One four. Oh, Was yeah. that what we were lifting that day Yeah about 140, right? Yeah, and then yeah. we tried adding these yeah, measly we, we, little plates on yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think you guys added the 5 kilos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which are like kids' weights to the yeah. topic. Uh, what what do you do you um, lift on the wagon wheel? Uh, my best lift yeah. uh, was at my 2017 at the Static Monsters World Championships. Uh-huh. Uh, 405. <laughs> 405 kilos. Yeah. Oh I, shit! I, I I came in third on podium that day. It was one of my biggest achievements as a as a strongman oh, f- athlete. Sorry, four hundred and what? Four hundred and five. And and I still finished third because the 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 guy that finished first uh, lifted four fifteen. Four one five. Oh my goodness! Yeah. This it's it's just it's it's so ridiculous that it's yeah. funny, you know, like yeah. how how big the difference is between what we're doing and what you guys are yeah, doing. But but the difference is I've been training for at least like. 10 years Oh that is true Yeah Yeah, And you've been Training for 30 minutes <laughs> Yeah <laughs> 
yeah, I, I believe a lot of these things, you know, um, when it comes to the exertion of, of strength, right, mm. or, or for an, any kind of like sport or art, right, when you know the technique, right, if your yeah. technique is so high level, yeah. your um, explosiveness, whatever, can kind of take a bit of a backseat, right? Yeah. So as you build on one side, you build your mental, you build your technique. Yeah. As one goes up, the amount of effort used is then maximized even more. Yeah. So I believe what you say is very true. If I mm. stuck at it for another, like, I don't know, two years, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I might be able to increase it significantly you hopefully you would definitely have almost like an exponential like let's say there was this one of um there was one of these uh guys that I was I was working with um he was only deadlifting about two uh, 225 plates is, is a decent number mm-hmm. and I was working with him for some time for about 6 months to 8 months um from 220 he jumped to 285 in about a year uh, yeah. And and that's just because of of the training program that I worked with him, mm. and and also uh, the the tweaking of his technique. I don't change anyone's technique. I just right. like uh, whatever you do, I'll just correct it here a bit, uh, mm. change this here a bit, change your shoulder position, change your head position, mm-hmm. and if everything clicks at that moment, it will yep. work. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of it is pacing as well, timing. Timing. How you time yourself? Um, a lot of a lot of youngsters who wants to compete, they want to go really hard and fast. Yeah. Um, and they want to achieve astronomical numbers, mm. like within like six months, eight months. Mm. It doesn't work that way. You you know it's, it really it's, doesn't work it's, that way. It's interesting, right? But it's a real like okay. Mm. Um, it's it's almost like for men, right? Mm. Like, okay, I've never done like a strong man in my life. Yeah. But the maybe you should when I do run the comp in probably probably in August. Maybe you should just go f- go go have yeah. some fun. Yeah. You know? I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. Let, me, let me see if my my back can take that. But I totally <laughs> love to. Maybe um, maybe your wife or what are they doing either? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I was I was I was gonna say like. Um, well, well, before that, actually, I've always wanted to compete in MMA, mm. but then my wife said, "Nah, no. like stick to karate." Do okay. and and I do kata, which is like a it's a performance. It's yeah. not a actual fight. It's a yeah. well, I'm sorry, it's a mentor fight. I'm fighting in my mind, but no, it's it's just it's a performance. Um, but I do compete in that. Yeah. But at least that one, I don't get brain damage and oh, cuts you, and bruises. You don't get kicked in the in your face. I yeah, I don't get kicked in the face. So that's that's the good thing. But I do do BJJ as well, you yeah. know, which is yeah. which you know I, I I like them. But anyway, I. I think it, for me, it's like I like to do these arts where you know you you do damage your body, you know, to a certain extent. But um, there's a time and a place, and when I when I get to a certain age, I'm like, you know, I need to um, kind of control it a yeah. little bit and what yeah. we do. Um, now, what I was gonna say was that when we went down, even though this is the first time I ever tried strongman, right? Somehow when the three of us guys went in there, right, mm. it became like a competition of manliness. Of course, of course. You, you know, it's so interesting because you see, okay, if three guys go play table tennis, right? And let's say this guy beats me, I'm like, oh yeah, you're a good table tennis player. Yeah. But when it comes to strongman, right? Somehow it's a, it's, it's a manly, it becomes a manliness competition. <laughs> I don't know why. It's it's even <laughs> swimming. Like, okay, you my, my friend can swim faster than me. Oh yeah, you go to swimming? No, that, that's it. And it stops there. Yeah. But when it comes to lifting shit, yeah. right? It's like, like, oh, okay, this this you guy's know, more manly. You know, um, since you mentioned this, like yeah. previously, um, especially in Scotland and the Nordic regions, um, they 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 have this they have this uh, thing called stones of strength, R- not the, the Denny stones. 
No, no, they, in, in Scotland, there's about 16 stones of strength. Oh. So the Dini stones is one of them. Uh-huh. And like, for example, if you could lift this stone uh, up, yeah. Uh, or you break it off the ground, then you're uh, mad. Yeah, and, oh, they call, and, and then you they, they literally say that, oh, you managed to put wind beneath the stones. Oh, oh I, yeah. I get it, I get yeah. it. Get it. Yeah. And then like, let's say you you, man, uh, you managed to lift the stone to your chest. Uh-huh. Uh, I said, okay, you managed to uh, lift the stones up to your chest. or And then the next step is to shoulder the stone up to your shoulder. Oh. And then after that, if it's not enough, um, you press it overhead. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So and these are like round stones or stone uh, stones? Round, 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 stones. round stones, right. So these are actually uh, like really test of uh, strength. Uh, I think also in, uh, previously, I think uh, I think this is myth or, or, or legend that uh-huh. you know, like in prior to enlistment for the Scottish Army, yeah, um, they had to lift a certain stone, yeah. like uh, like a ninety kilo stone or hundred kilo stone wow. to the chest or to to, to at least lift it. So mm. uh, the idea is very simple, but the, the 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 intention behind it is to actually when your when your comrade dies beside you. You are able to drag their body back. Well, I got goosebumps on that one. Yeah, so that's that's wow. the whole reason for 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 the reason for the manhood stones in Scotland. Oh. Yeah, so I like that. Like to be, it's yeah. not to prove your balls like ball size, but it's no. like to be able to <laughs> lift your comrade yeah. and bring them to safety yeah. when they're. And, and at the oh. same time, if you are not able to lift the stone, oh. uh, they won't enlist you in the army. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So oh, wow. So it actually becomes like, even even the whole concept of the Highland Games, because now I, I compete in the Highland Games too. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, is where they make you wear kilts? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, it's compulsory actually. Uh, it, it is compulsory. <laughs> it is to compulsory wear to wear kilts. You, you know um, the next question that always follows that, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it's 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 really fun. It's just like really it's like. Um, one of the events called Weight Over Bards, you're, you're throwing uh, 25 kilos over like 14 meters, 12 Is meters. This the ba- not the, the keg barrel thing. Uh, it's it's a keg the barrel, but it's like a small little weight and it's okay. about, it's, it's deceivingly heavy. Okay. Um, how they would describe it is like to throw a seven-year-old child <laughs> over a double-decker bus. <laughs> and, and, okay. and I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. So so yeah, so this is like the whole the whole strength thing and like the the whole story behind it. Yeah. So so why like why do you think that men equate strength to like manliness and the value <laughs> of the man? Why do you think it's so primed with uh, strength? Not speed, think, but not think, endurance. No, but if if you look at it strength is a Almost uh, an accumulation of speed, power, force equals to ma. Mm. Mass times ac- acceleration equals to force, which is the amount of strength that is generated. So it's it's right. a whole, uh, almost like a like a whole formula. It needs to click. All all these three things needs to click. Right. Um. It has been like, I don't know. I think it's just like a. It's ingrained in, in us. In, right? in, in, in us. Like like the other time. Um, like I was at my friend's place And I have some equipment In his place too It was just like a, It was a really light day mm-hmm. uh, It was just like A 40 kilo log And like The, the challenge was uh, Okay lah let's do, let's do like A volume day today mm-hmm. uh, Volume meaning Like 200 reps <laughs> 
Okay, so it's yes, just forty man. kilos. You know, it's really, it's really forty. Oh, yeah, kilos. just forty kilos. Um, and like ah, forty kilos. Yeah. yeah. So we we first uh, done hundred reps, and then like okay. you, it's your choice. You can do ten reps times uh ten reps times you no. Know, 20 sets or like mm. 20, 20, 20 reps times 10 sets. It's really up to you as long as you finish it. Yeah. So once you reach 200 kilos and then I just I just sat down and I'm like, hmm, aren't you guys curious to find out what it would feel like to f- uh, <laughs> to do 300 reps? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then all of, yeah, I just started. I just started 20, uh-huh. another 20. And like the other guys were looking at me and I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> And and uh-huh. we finished the day. I finished at about three hundred and thirty-five or thirty-eight. I was okay. I was just gassed out after that. I couldn't okay. move, and and the rest were just broken. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But they did they did they did still finish three hundred reps. Okay. But they did it in like sets of five five uh, reps. This is more like reps. endurance. Yeah, but, but still, um, it's called muscular endurance. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. So I was broken for about three days after, and then in my head I'm thinking like. Hmm, what would 400 reps feel like? Mm, I see. To yeah. keep pushing the bar. It's huh? just keep to keep pushing. And, and, right. and, and also, if you, you're training with your friends. Oh, yeah, it's it. It's yeah. like, oh, you. Uh, <laughs> come on, 10 more reps. Oh, you cannot do so weak. Yeah. Oh, your man. Weak, I find your weak, your lack of strength disturbing. <laughs> And then we, we, it becomes like it, it, it's, oh it's good man. fun, you know. It's yeah. really good fun, and I like we push it. each other. But at the same time, it's it's friendly, but it's competitive. And like yeah. you, if you look at it properly, you tend to push each other mm-hmm. uh, beyond uh, your limits. Yeah. And then when you find that limit, you go and push it some more. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I do feel like like I I liken this to like BJJ as well, right? Sometimes mm. you go in there, and yeah, you do lose, you do lose, yeah. you you do get tapped out by someone uh, a a better fighter yeah. than you, a better. I've got choked out by a twenty uh, by a forty eight kilo girl. So. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, you go, you know. But the interesting thing is like when you leave the gym, right? You don't you don't leave going mm. like oh you know I'm no longer uh, a, a I'm good not fighter. Worthy. Yeah, I'm not worthy. But rather you go and you go, you know, I I went to a place, yeah. you know, I I. I put I placed down my bed, you know, I put myself on the line and I had fun and I grew and then mm. you go out there and kinda your day becomes easier. You know, mm. you're like, you know, yeah. I grew and you, you feel good you, about it. I think it's it's most of the time like uh to me I feel it's almost like uh every time when you lose it's a learning process. Mm. Um you I know you learn. Yeah, but you know when in my twenties uh, I won in two thousand and five. I won Singapore's strongest man. Mm-hmm. And two thousand six, I came in second. I lost by one point. Ooh. And and for about two weeks, I was moody as hell. I was I was really angry. I was angry with myself. And then I, I it took me some time to process it. Mm-hmm. Um, also in two thousand and seventeen, uh, uh, I missed out on podium at the at the qualifiers in the Static Monsters qualifiers. Okay, I was so pissed with myself and. Uh, it was just by five kilos. Oh man! So you, I, I don't know. So you, you just, you just take it and you just learn from it. Hey, yeah. Y- yeah I wanted to ask, like, do you, do you have a tip, right? So because I, I think nowadays I like how much um, effort or how much research is put into like um, mm. sports psychology, yeah. you know. But how do you? 
you know, how do you yourself cope with a with a loss, right? Because I, I, it's great to be the strongest mm. man in Singapore, mm. but you do take losses, and yeah. you have lost in the past. You yeah. know, so how does one recoup or like you know? Okay, let's say you do have a loss, right? Mm. Like, do you take some time off and do that walk away thing? Do yeah, you I reset? Do. You know, how how do you you know overcome these things? So the last one that I really lost by five kilos in Australia. Oh, when I when I flew back, I bought a ticket to Penang. <laughs> okay, for for a week, just okay. to just like get away from everyone because like, um, mm. you know, sometimes when you're you're known to be the strongest man or or you're, you're really strong, and then people yeah. always ask you, uh, what went wrong, uh, what what you know what happened, and uh. I don't have the answers for this, because sometimes like I've been in competitions where, I bomb out. Mm. And uh, it could be traveling. Yeah. It could be like you know the food. It could be like not enough water. It was it's too hot, or mm. or the humidity, or the altitude. Mm. And you know all these, all these are factors that are beyond your control. Mm. And and I just can't like you know like when I flew to the Arnolds in South Africa, right? I flew in about four days or three days earlier. And at night, I was just walking around in Johannesburg, like you know, buying food. You know, we always always buying food. And after like about hundred meters, I was like really gasping for air. I'm like, okay, I've I've been doing my cardio. I'm not supposed to be this unfit. What's going on? I was literally like, it was literally uh, like wheezing. Yeah. And and then I went back to my room and then I checked, uh, like you no know, uh, facts about Johannesburg and. I found out Johannesburg is 1,150 1, meters above sea level. And uh, I said, oh, okay, uh, now this uh, makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the lack of oxygen at that altitude. And right. um, you just learn. And like what also I learned a lot of my competitions, if let's say you travel overseas to another competition, uh-huh. every one hour time difference is one day. That you need to fly earlier. If so, if let's say oh one day to reset to the uh, no no if let's say if let's say I have if I'm competing in the UK okay it's about seven or eight hours time difference okay. so you need to fly in so, seven days so early. I need to fly fly in what at least five or six days earlier right. for my body to acclimatize to the timing to the weather uh, well it's always just wet in the UK yeah <laughs> and that's 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 why it's fun over there right uh, the the weather just uh, equalizes everything but but you know I these these are all they're all valid points yeah. right yeah. but when somebody asks you right mm. like hey um what 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 went wrong in the lift right mm. you don't want to say these things because uh, it sounds like excuses, no I'll, right? I'll say it I'll say oh, it you'll because say like it, huh? um, oh. I just wasn't good enough for that day and there right. were other athletes who came in. More prepared, yeah, and wasn't my day. So, so yeah. for you, you deal with loss or you deal with not winning yeah. by just rationalizing and saying, "Okay, this, yeah. this, this was not on point. It's yeah. okay. We and, learn." And I take away what I need. Uh, I take away what I need to learn, mm-hmm. and I make sure that I don't repeat it the next time. Right. So, okay. so if, like I've never placed more outside of top five in the past five to ten years. Mm. Yeah, because in my first international competition, I came in fifteen out of sixteen. Okay. <laughs> and in, and and like international competitions. International competitions, okay. and I thought like uh, I was competing in Hungary, mm. and mm-hmm. I thought like okay, maybe top ten, top ten. Then when I met some of the other athletes, I'm like, yeah, I'm not finishing. <laughs> 
Because like um, I'm I'm one seven seven, and that time I was hundred and thirty five kilos, and I thought I was big. Until your I, height is one seven seven. Yeah, and your weight is uh, one one about one three four one three five. Okay, and then I met this guy from Mal- Moldova. His name is uh, Sergey. Okay. Uh, I looked at him and I said, Sergey, how tall are you? Uh, are you two meters? No, I'm just 1.99. <laughs> I wanted to slap him, but I don't think I could reach. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, and okay. he was about 180 kilos. So he had a good wow. 50 kilos over me. And wow. so, I was the smallest guy there. Yeah. Um, I was the smallest guy at <laughs> At 132 kilos And oh, I just man. And everyone of Everyone All the 16 of them Had like huh. Like full on beards <laughs> Like you know And And I just looked like I just finished Secondary school <laughs> Oh Yeah man. So but But uh. the difference is this That we had five events uh, I managed to Do well For, uh-huh. for all of it Okay um, And I got invited back The next year that's amazing. Yeah, and I I don't believe this because like sometimes they always say that oh, uh, Tafik, you're the smallest guy in international competitions. Like you know how do you do that? I just tell them just shut up, yeah, <laughs> just shut up and learn, and yeah, and like and I've I've formed a mentality in my head yeah. that I don't really care how big the other guy is. Right. Um. I just go there and do my best. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe you could even like you know. You, uh, sometimes I might uh, I might even win the other the bigger guys because yeah. like I might be smaller, but right. I I might move faster. Sure. Uh, I might be Le- lesser range of motion yeah, to yeah, cover. Lesser, actually. Yeah, lesser range, range of motion. Yeah. And I you know all this comparison. Sometimes people say, "Oh, this guy is bigger than me, stronger than me." Is mm. you should never listen to all that um. because like you should always go and just uh uh compete your own competition. Mm-hmm. And do the numbers uh, that that you want to do. Yeah. So, like even in Static Monsters in Czech Republic, uh-huh. beautiful place by the way. Right. Um. Uh, I beat a lot of the bigger guys at the deadlift event. Ah. And I pulled. That was my first eight hundred pound deadlift, three six five kilos. That was that was a lot of weight. Okay. Oh yeah, that was I can a imagine. Lot of weight. Right. <laughs> At that time, uh, but now I'm putting more. So. <laughs> hey, what what is like to? <clears throat> I I know like being able to lift more is yeah. is beauty, right? Yeah. Um, in you know when we talk about beauty, let's talk about the it's like the optimal in each thing, right? Yeah. Like how a break dancer finds beauty in the ability to dance the music correctly, yeah. you know, yeah. a performer, you know. So there are all these different types of mm. of things, you know. And I know you have some hashtag that was like Team No Neck, yeah, Team No Neck, which I think it, it is is amazing because you guys have like traps that like yeah. connect or like shoulders that connect to your ear. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's really something to look at. Um, but what what is then beauty in a strong man? Maybe maybe I can ask from this mm. perspective. When you look at the aesthetic guys, like we talk about Jason and Don, mm. you know the, these two guys who like they're like I don't want to stand next to them in Sentosa, <laughs> you know. Like when they take the tops off, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll mm. go put a, a raincoat you, on. You know? actually be quite surprised because a lot right. of the competitive professional strongmen mm. during the the off season they actually look really jacked. I heard about this. You said that you guys eat more and put on weight closer to comfort, yeah, right? Yeah, just 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 to for your body to recover faster. Mm-hmm. And and you know they always say that strong men don't have abs. I I kind of beg to defer. I do have abs. <laughs> huh. I do have abs, just that you can't see them. And 
And like okay. sometimes, like uh, like some days where where like you know, when I I I do I do a little bit of intermittent fasting. Uh-huh. So if I eat for like you have to do this because like you know, um, the reason I do intermittent fasting is to I don't do it like for like six months. Uh-huh. I only do it for maybe like one month, maybe two or three times. It's just to reset. Okay. In the insulin levels oh. So your body absorbs food better Do you care about aesthetics? Um, if I say no, I'll be lying Right uh, Everyone cares about how they yeah, look everybody sure. cares how they look mm. uh, But I don't have a beer belly So Yeah <laughs> uh, And like uh, I do I do take care of what I eat uh-huh. um, I try my best Because now I'm not in competition season Or competition mode for the past Two years <laughs> It's kind of depressing <laughs> Because okay. like can't fly anywhere to compete. Cause oh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, because of that, you can't. Yeah. Oh. So I, I, I just like make sure that um, I don't overeat because like if I'm prepping right. for a competition, I go up to about four thousand eight hundred to five thousand calories a day, which comes up to about eight meals. Um, if you want to know, um, uh, a whole chicken is about nine hundred calories. Okay. Yeah, oh, four thousand. Oh. So it's like e- technically eating like whole, like four whole chickens a day. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, you're like eating for a family of three, basically. Yeah, and and my <gasps> and my food bill during comp season, it's oh, it's sure. terrible. It's are you like a beef kind of guy um, or like a chicken kind of guy? Or? Uh, fish is good. Chicken is better. Beef is best. Oh yeah. I, well, bodybuilding is the opposite, isn't it? Like fish is very good. Chicken, you want to go lean. Yeah, you know, yeah. But less I, fat. but it, but it depends because like if you want to lift heavy, mm-hmm. you need to have fat in your diet because and the, you, the, the fat actually goes to the joints and and the fat actually uh, helps you to produce uh, cholesterol, which in and I'm not talking about the bad cholesterol. Right, I'm talking right. about cholesterol in general to produce testosterone. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But I'm not talking like you know the the LDL and all this like the whatever terms I can't remember uh-huh. the hyper something something. Yeah, that that's yeah. the bad one. I because I have that. Yeah. I have a, a hereditary one from yeah. my mom. So you know, I'm I'm now about 148, 50, 150 kilos, and um, my blood works. My blood is good. Huh. Uh, my kid, I, I I do blood. I do my blood work every once every six months. Every, at least once a year. Okay. Uh, my blood works good. My kidneys are great. Um, I don't have high blood pressure. Huh. Uh, and the doctor looks at me he's like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you shouldn't be this healthy at this size." Uh, uh. Then, then tell I, I compete in this, and then like you know, I I eat this. I really like. Uh, <laughs> so I don't smoke I don't drink uh, I go to bed by 9.30, 10 I'm up by 5.30 Then like Wow, 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 wow. Oh, That's uncle, man That's uncle <laughs> that, that, that shows that you are in your 40s <laughs> Just kidding Yeah, yeah But it's, 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 this is the life That I'm, I'm used to Yeah uh, I've, I've, I've always trained Before I go to work I always train in the morning uh, And I eat five well, Now about four or five times a day you're a you're a huge dude. Okay, yeah. I think. Let, I, I think. I think. Let's let's get out of the way. I think in my world. Yes. I'm normal. You're not okay. I, I'm like I'm even normal. in the Singaporean strongman scene, you're also. Um, no, I think I think I'm normal <laughs> in my head. In my head, I'm normal. You think you're normal? Yeah. Yeah, but I think other people around me are. Uh, are not. I just. Yeah, yeah I see. They, but you see, when you walk into a room, right? Yeah. I'm sh- like, okay, so. 
this is something that I mm. didn't really like back in the day when I was doing entertainment yeah. full time. It's like whenever I walk into a room, you know, mm. and I meet new people, people always ask me the same things, yeah. which, you know, like sometimes I, I, I don't want to talk about it. I like, mm. I wish people would talk to me about how my day is or yeah. like, you know, yeah. different parts. But, but the truth is that everyone wants to talk to you about the the fastest things that they, that they pick up so yeah. if you're in entertainment they want to talk to you about the latest film or tv yeah. show or whatever what shows have you done yeah or they're stuff, like yeah. oh i met this other guy who did this tv show you know they want to talk to you about that mm. and as a strong man mm. once you enter the room they see your pure size they're like mm. whoa what do you eat man and what do you do this you, you know like that that conversation starts so how do you deal with that you know um, do you embrace it or you know it's, it's a bit difficult nowadays because like uh, with social media and like you know Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an asshole, <laughs> right. it, it spreads really quickly. Oh. So, so I do, I do like you know when I, when I do meet people, especially at the gym, uh, or like when they talk to me, I I, I do like speak with them for a while, and they will right. ask me and all, just like you know, um, I do this, I do this, I do this, huh. and you know, and I'm I'm not one to like, uh, I always share whatever I know. Yes, I, I, I can yeah. say that that's very true. Yeah. And and I don't think that... I don't get irritated mm-hmm. uh, unless if I'm really prepping for a competition. But if I'm prepping for a competition, you wouldn't know because I'll have social media blackouts. Oh, I, okay. I don't put up things what I do. Right. Um, I keep all my cards close to myself. Right. Um, because I find a lot of people nowadays when, when they are prepping for something or preparing for a competition or something they want to show, wanna show. Yeah. they, they want to show and yeah. um, that's alright I mean like you know that's how that's how you get the followers that's how you get likes but mm-hmm. uh, likes do not uh, give you that podium finish yes yeah nor do they make you a better person actually no, they, yeah and it, and it becomes very stressful because um, um, like I have to you know, I have to upkeep this image, I have to do this. You yeah. know what? I think all this while while it's true to a certain extent, but I just yeah. feel that you just have to be true and genuine to yourself. Mm. And people can see through it. Right. So I mean sometimes when I'm at the gym and people ask me when I'm doing my accessory work on the on, on legs day because I train I I train legs twice a day. Okay. I uh, not tr- not twice a day, twice, twice a week. A week. Yeah. And then like um somebody asked me, say, Hey bro, how many more sets do you have on the leg press? Uh I look, I think about twenty, yeah, bro. And I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. It's yeah, really yeah. twenty. It's twenty yeah. sets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> twenty sets of twenty reps. Yeah. That's that's uh, a really crazy volume day. Uh-huh. So I start from one plate, and I go all the way up to, like, twenty, like, like twenty plates in total. Okay. And and like twenty reps each set. Okay. And by and I, I usually just crawl out of the machine. Right. And people right. might laugh and say, Yeah, if you only knew. I remember there was uh, one of one of my friends, one of these young boys, he wanted to train with me on legs day. Uh-huh. Um I think after we finished one exercise, uh he was gone for about thirty minutes. Okay. And then I tra- and then he, he left. No, no, he didn't he didn't oh. leave. He his bag was still there at the, okay, at the locker. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I went to the reception area, he wasn't there, then I went to find him at the toilet. Uh-huh. He passed out in the toilet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and this is how you lose friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh no. Oh, <laughs> so no. I, I, I find that even like with my friends when they train with me, yeah. um I think that they they question their friendship with me, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, um, and like the ones that stay are, are, are good ones, <laughs> right? So you read out you, you you read out the weaker yeah. ones, and right? <laughs> ah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. How how do you like um okay because in from what I see right mm. I mean like let let's just be honest about about old age nobody beats mother time or father time mm. right mm. so there will there will come a time when mm. Taufe can do strongman no more. Uh, it, I mean, no. you can still do it, yeah. but it's you're definitely not going to be a competitor. Do you see yourself like definitely. forever, like being involved in the art? Like even if mm. you retire from competition, mm. you'll still be there to kind of like nurture the next generation. I think um, this has not crossed my mind yet because mm. I I still think in my head that if if my head uh, if if my if my mind is strong enough, my body will follow. Right. Um. I might probably compete in the masters category. Okay. Uh, where it's more of an even fight. Mm. But the reality thing, the reality is that in strongman, the older you get, the you kind of get stronger. You kind of get stronger if you continue and maintain. If right. you if you let yourself go, yeah, that's. Ah. Then you let yourself go, and you you just lose everything that you work for. Can I can I sidetrack to ask mm. you that? Because in in the art form that I do, which is kata, right? Mm. I do kata. Yes, I am heavier than I used to be. Now yeah. I'm like about 70 kilos. When I was like in my heyday doing dancing, all that, I was like 63, 65. Now mm. I'm about 70 kilos. Yep. So then, yeah, obviously I get a bit stronger. But there's some weird magic to that. That as I get older, I just become stronger. And it's yeah. so weird because a- athletes like in, in the art form mm. that I do, athletes drop out at about uh, 30-ish, 30-ish yeah. you know. But interestingly, I find that even past 40, people do get stronger and they stronger. Do. They do, yeah. They uh, do. What, what what do you think it is? Um, I I think that when when you are, I think when you pass your thirties, mm-hmm. um, you definitely train smarter, right? Uh, you know when to stop. You know what to do and what not to do. Right. What works for you, and you you just know like you know. Uh, nope, I'm not going to do this because I'm going to hurt myself. You, you become a little to your bit, body yeah. more. You become a little bit more more cautious in terms of, mm. yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, so if like someone tells because me because you know how long it takes to recover. Yeah, like uh. like just recently I tore I tore my triceps on my both of my arms, um, from a really yeah, at the same time. Yeah, and it wasn't done at the gym or training strongman because like um I do, I have weird hobbies like different hobbies from other people. Uh, uh, one of the things that I've done that I really enjoy is outrigger canoe. So it's like what, a, what? a canoe? It's a six man canoe with okay. an outboard uh, on the on the on the left side of the canoe. Oh, so, oh okay, 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 so, okay. Yeah. So it's a six man canoe and Wait, you so what, what do you call it? Out outrigger canoe. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. So like the other day we were having uh we were just canoeing uh and we and, and the and the captain of the boat called this, this thing right here. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay, okay. So it's a it's an open water canoe. Okay. And uh, we did a huli drill, which is a capsized drill. So we tipped the boat, we capsized the boat, okay. uh, tipped the boat over, and then we got up, we tipped the boat back up again. Okay. And then and then I had to get up into the boat. Just pull yourself just up. Just pull yourself up. Okay. So you see that? You see that? 130 so I, I pulled myself up, I slipped. Uh-huh. And then I heard my elbows go pop, pop. And, I'm, and I couldn't move. <laughs> oh no. It was just and like here I am like and then I looked at the steer of the boat and like uh Taufik just hold on to the boat 
Yeah. Um, you'll be okay. We'll pedal you back. <laughs> Just hold on. And oh, and we man. were about about fifty to eighty meters off east coast, open water. Okay. And I just held on for my life, uh-huh. <laughs> and in my head I'm like, ah, oh, this is gonna suck. <laughs> this is gonna suck. Uh huh. And yeah, I was I was pretty much useless. So my my whole arm just went like bruised, everything, and oh. like my triceps here, <laughs> there's nothing here, but uh-huh. uh, it's still big, but yeah. not strong. <laughs> Yeah, right now, no, right now, Taufik's just like showing me his arms, which are like bigger than my thighs, actually. Yeah, so uh, even yeah. his forearm, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> this is so crazy. Um, sorry. Before we move on to that, I want to ask, why does the rigged? Okay, probably everybody mm. probably asked the same question, mm. but outrigged canoe. Why is the balancing thing only on one side? So it's only on one side uh, because it's a it's a seafaring canoe. Um, seafaring? Yeah, seafaring. Okay. Like for kayaks, um, this this canoe uh, is supposed to be for open and choppy waters. So if okay. you go on YouTube and you it's look... It's a stabilizer? It's, it's, it's a stabilizer. Okay. Yeah, so... But, but why is it on one side? Mm, I don't know. It's on, As in, it's on one side. Because it, it tips both ways. Yeah, why? because I think I think when they have like big races, uh-huh. if they have both uh, on, on, on both sides, uh, the other boats would... would the other canoes would hit the ah, okay, rigger okay, too. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I, I can imagine that. So uh-huh. if, if, you, if you do have time, and they use this for like surfing too. Okay. And and when I see the videos, I'm like, oh, this is crazy. I want to do this. But uh-huh. yeah. So this is another kind of interest that you have. Yeah. So I've been doing this since 2007 uh, on and off. Okay. I do this for my cardio. So people oh. would assume that I don't do cardio. I said, no, that's not absolutely true. Yeah. I do cardio three times a week. Okay. Uh, about 15 to 20 minutes on the elliptical or, or canoeing because this is more fun than like on the treadmill. Right. Yeah. Right. Have you, I just complete sidetrack, but have you tried sumo before? Um, too small. Yeah, they, they are a bit bigger than you. Yeah. Like quite a bit. Not right? quite. Quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are uh, two hundred kilos. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried it? Like, um, no. No. Okay. No. Because I th- I like to see sumo wrestlers yeah. as another thing. Like yeah. those guys are big, but yeah. they yes and they have fats on them, but mm. they are strong. Have you? Man. If you really look at the top tier sumos, um, especially mm. if you if you're free, you look at the summer basho. Okay. Uh, in Japan, uh, I think it's coming up in about April, uh-huh. April to about August. The summer basho. It's really amazing because like, you might just look at the top part of the sumo wrestlers where they're just like flabby, but uh-huh. if you look properly, yeah, uh, um, the calves are big, the quads are huge, yes, their glutes are huge, uh, they have traps, yes. Uh, and their shoulders are huge. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are strong, and, and they it, are, and they're about two hundred kilos. Uh, yeah. For the for if you compete at the Yokozuna level, uh-huh. you are. I'm I'm considered small. I think you would be. Yeah. yeah. They, because it's interesting. They eat this thing called chanko nabe, right? Yeah. Which makes them like stay kind yeah. of. Yeah. And do you know how to be a sumo wrestler? What, what do you mean? As in how? Do to you know eat? how to get big to be a sumo wrestler? Just keep eating chanko nabe no. and sleep. You just eat, sleep. Eat. You only eat once a day. Really? Yeah, and that meal is a huge meal. What? What? As in? Because because when you when you don't eat the whole day, uh-huh. um, your body your body goes into like a starvation mode. So, so it hangs on to any little food that comes yeah, in. Yeah. So when when food comes oh. in, in and and usually they eat at least about five thousand six thousand calories at one seat at one seating. And your body holds on to these uh, nutrients and they convert it to fat because the next day, uh, they know that they won't get a meal. 
So this is how you train to be a sumo oh, wrestler. You eat once a day. Oh, I see. But you eat excessive amounts in that in that one uh, in that one hour sitting. Ah, yeah. that's interesting. So that's why the the frequent small meals yeah uh, will help you lose more weight ah. than one whole big meal a day. Right. Mm. One of the interesting facts that I really like about sumo is that like almost all high level competitive sumo wrestlers can do a full split. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's and it makes sense because maybe because they're not wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, if if you have another two hundred kilo dude fall onto you yeah. and if you're not flexible you're you're screwed. Yeah. You're gonna rip something, and, you know. And and especially at the high level uh, competitions when uh, when when they fall off the the, the platform, yeah, I feel like yeah. ooh, that's gonna hurt. Uh, yeah. And like ouch, ouch, ouch. But if you're flexible, I think I guess yeah. it helps a little and then, bit. And just like and then they just roll off and then I stand up <laughs> like I'm okay. Yeah. And 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 in, in Japan when you're sumo, you uh-huh. there's some form of prestige that yes. comes with it. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen their wives? Uh, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. But at the same time, also they are. Yeah, their lifespan they, they don't live more than 50 or 60 years old is that is yeah, that right because of the weight that they carry because, oh, I, I didn't because know about the moment, that part of sumo the, the, the moment when you reach your peak mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to fight anymore after 40 right uh, they open like Chankonabe stores a lot of them do is it but yeah yeah a lot of them own hot pot shops yeah, yeah. so um, it's it's hard to lose like that amount of weight Oh, and to be healthy okay. Even like now In off season I just make sure That I'm healthy uh-huh. And I don't overeat Right I only overeat On my birthday Where <laughs> I go for a Brazilian churrascaria Oh my god That's the exact and, same thing I do on my birthday and, Yes And then I eat Until Sixth I Sixth Avenue that the same one Uh Sometimes I go to the one at uh, Chime. Sometimes I go to the one at Six Avenue, oh, okay. and I eat <gasps> until I regret my life decisions, yeah. and I don't eat for the next two days. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, same. <laughs> no, I I eat, but I think I eat bread, I eat noodles, I oh. eat all these like yeah, just don't I, eat. I just I just eat the meat and like, oh. mm, and oh. I I regret I I, the last time, on my on my birthday we went last year. Uh, I drove home from Chimes to back to my place and I took about 45 minutes to drive back because I was driving <laughs> so slow. <laughs> oh, man. Just like... Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, like, the shops like that, uh, I mean, you you make the mm, most out of that. Because yeah. for, for a guy to get in, yeah. for an adult male to yeah. get in, or an adult, yeah. we're paying the same price, except yeah. I'm sure you are able to consume like, uh, Not true. <laughs> really? <laughs> not true. I, I, can't, I can't eat a lot in one sitting. Uh-huh. I, I usually, like, eat all throughout the whole day. Oh, I see, yeah. I see. Right, right, right. So I don't, I don't really, like, binge... Uh, so that's that's like only my that's my only one day of the year that I that I that I go and I throw caution to the wind and be a total glut. Yeah, this is actually with all my groomsmen before I got married mm. when I did a groomsmen gathering. Oh, that's what we did at night. We oh. went to and I and sometimes I see my friends like eat things like they go for the salad and the potatoes and they fill their plates. I'm like, bro, that's not how the thing works, man. Empty <laughs> your plate right now. That's supposed to be. I good. always ask for I want the picanha. <laughs> well, what's picanha? Picanha is the uh, is the part of the rump, which is the rump cap. Ah. To me, I think that's the <laughs> that's the juiciest, most tastiest part of the cow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I I only buy rump. I don't like. I mean, I I if if you if you're really still curious about how much beef I or food I buy, I usually buy food by the carton. Oh oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> who who cooks your food? You uh, do. Yeah, I do. Ah uh, okay. So, 
that okay so i guess now is a perfect time to talk about that mm. but you've got other interests and other things that you yeah. do and recently you got into bread making or yeah you yeah. like to cook um actually the bread making helps me deal with stress <laughs> Cause, oh yeah Yeah Cause like you know You have to knead the dough yeah. And like you know You need to fold it And then you push it uh-huh, And then like uh-huh. you know it, it actually teaches you A lot of patience actually <laughs> Because you have to come back Every half an hour To fold it again Especially if you're doing sourdough uh-huh, Yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, That sounds like my laundry <laughs> yeah. Come fold it every half an hour yes. <laughs> So okay. So it's, it's just like Something that I enjoy doing Because I like to eat mm-hmm, And mm-hmm. when you like to eat You have to cook yeah, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of ordering food online. Oh yeah. Um, no, because I, 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 or like ordering food or grocery because I love going grocery shopping. Okay. Uh, I like buying my vegetables. I like buying my fruit. Uh-huh. Um, because I have, I have friends who are farmers. Okay. In and Singapore? Not in Singapore. Oh, not in Singapore. And and like you know some of them have taught me how to pick the perfect watermelon, oh. or like pick the perfect mango or like the apples or even like vegetables so right. I, I enjoy doing all this um, and I, I also like to have a, a good relationship with my butcher okay. so sometimes okay. when they save you the good cuts yes, and all that okay. yes so, okay. so they'll save me the good cuts and um, yeah so it's, you, it's, it's uh, to me it makes sense yeah, yeah. I mean well Okay, flavor matters. Mm. Let's be honest. You do want to take on food, but you want it to taste good, right? Yeah. So I guess when you are cooking, you're the one in charge of yeah. it. You get yeah. to control that. Yeah. Yeah. An- another thing that you have, um, I-, I won't even say it's an interest because it is. It is your job, right? Yeah. That when that it really blew me away. I remember yeah. meeting you, and we're like, "Hey, so what do you do? You know, do you do strongman all day? Like, no, no, no. I train in the day, and then I go to work. What do you do for work? Oh, I'm a I'm a guidance counselor. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. a what? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're you're a guidance counselor. Yeah. I I've been working in social services for the past uh twenty years. Okay. I've been in it uh for twenty years now. This is my twentieth year doing it. Right. Um I started out doing uh youth work. Okay. Uh we're doing outreach work in schools and that that sort of stuff where we do a lot of preventive programs. Okay. Um then I moved on to doing family work. Right. Because uh, I've discovered that there's only so much I can do with the teenagers and the children. Uh, mm. I can teach them all the skills, all the coping mechan- coping techniques, strategies. Right. And then once they go back home, um, the home environment hasn't changed. Right. So I moved on to, to family work. Yeah. Right. And uh, right now I'm still doing family work. Okay. and. I'm also doing a lot of uh, now. I take on a different role now. I'm 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 a case manager. Okay. So uh, I have a team of uh, five, six caseworkers. Okay. Which I supervise, and then they are doing the work. I'm just I'm more of like doing more like a mentoring and supervisory role now. Right. And I can okay. see that. It's okay. okay. How? What were you like as a child? And how do you? How do? You, okay, maybe maybe before that, like how did you? How did you even get into? Guidance mm, counseling. I think that one work. of the things about about what I've been doing is because I think when I was in my teens, mm-hmm. uh, my mom my mom always did volunteer work at a elderly folks home and mm-hmm. uh, she always bring me along. And to me, it's like, hey, it's fun, what? Uh, I have like new grandmothers, grandfathers every weekend. I just play with them, oh. and like you know, and I just play with them. I, I speak to them, and you know. And I really enjoyed it. And the other time, and I was, and then one of the social workers that I was working, uh, working with my mom asked me, would you like, the time I was 18 or 19. Okay. 
Uh, and then you ask me, would you like to try something else? Like, you know, mm. you're still helping people, but different. So they introduced me to one of her colleagues who's doing uh, youth work. Mm-hmm. And I've never looked back. Right. Yeah, right. until now, um, the, the whole concept of youth work just makes me excited. Right. Yeah. I, um, were you were you already doing what you did? Were you doing strongman back then? Mm, no, but I've always been like uh, in primary school. I was throwing for my school, like uh, track and field, like and shot field, put, discus, yeah, kind shot of put, discus. Ah, okay. I'm okay. still doing it now for right. fun at the Singapore Masters track and field oh. for all these aunties and uncles <laughs> who want to relive their glory days uh, yes, yes. when they were in their teens and early twenties. Right, and it's quite competitive, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So, growing like you say, you do you do youth work, you know. Mm. But I'm I'm sure to be good at youth work. Okay, mm. I think another thing that well. A great asset to have is the ability to relate. Yeah. Right? You kind of yeah. have to be at their level, understand, see things from yeah. their perspective yeah. to understand them. So what was your childhood like? Like, was mm. your childhood, like, like rather smooth, you know? Or did you did you get picked on? Or did you nah. were you the popular kid? Or, you know, I was, was never the popular kid. I think mm-hmm. I was just one of those kids that got by and uh, enjoyed enjoyed getting by. and like a happy kid. Yeah. I wouldn't say happy, but if you, if you really look from... From this perspective, as I'm telling my friends, I come like uh, my my family background almost almost if you look at it comes from if you if you read the the primary six or like primary school syllabus textbook. Uh, my mom's a nurse. My dad's a lecturer. Oh, pet's textbook. Yeah, you were Ali from pet's textbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it's like I come from that family, and then like you know, and then uh, and then I I grew up to be a counselor, and then my sister grows up to be a lawyer. So I almost oh. in that mold like I come from almost that textbook family. Oh. Um, I think the one thing that my parents did well for me was, um, they recognized that I wasn't good with my grades. Uh, I okay. was terrible, I think, um, with, with school, with academics. Huh. Um, and they, let me, they, they allowed me to pursue my passions. Did, I, okay, I, I, re- I refuse to mm. believe that children that don't do well in mm. their grades are unintelligent. That's not true. No, it's, it's just it's that I think... your they, interest level yeah. in it, right? it's, it's just that I think, um, for me, um, I only got better uh, at secondary school. Okay. Like uh, when I took my O levels the first time, uh, I was amazing. I scored forty eight points, the highest in school. Huh. <laughs> but right. I couldn't go anywhere because like everything was a D E E, and oh. and I retook my O levels and I got twelve points. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think that was my tipping point or turning point. Oh. And even even like sometimes when parents tell me that you know my my child is not good at studies, that it's okay. Um, mm. Just keep them engaged Do something that they enjoy mm. And It will all click Eventually mm. Not now mm. Maybe five mm. years later And some mm. Like you know I, I would like to You know there's this term called, They call Late bloomer Yes yes. I would like to think that um, I I'm, I'm, I'm one of those mm. Where Only like After You experience Some form of feeling At 16 I experienced That form of feeling I just told myself that I'm not going to fail anymore. Uh, and okay. I worked to ensure that I don't fail. So when I was right. when I was 19, when I failed my driving test, I was livid. Oh. <laughs> I was so angry with myself because <laughs> I told myself I'm not going to fail and I failed. Uh, uh, but when I do fail, it's really epic because like right. my, uh, my first driving test, I got 68 points. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. And you're supposed to get 20 and below to pass, right? Yes, yes. I did so well. I got the highest score. Yeah, record breaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah. So, it, it, um, I would just say that just mm, just have to be patient. Yeah. You have to be patient. If, let's say, you don't get the results that you want, yeah. you just have to be patient with yourself. Mm. Uh, and you always constantly have to learn what works for you. Well, it's yeah. concerning in Singapore because I guess the the way I see the Singapore education mm. system, right? I understand why it is the way it is. So, mm. the way I see education, right, is that no matter how well kids do in school, I'll give mm. you an example. When I grew up, um, from the age of like, I think I was like three years old to about ten years old. I think mm. I, I was in Singapore in Nanyang Primary School. Mm. Um, my grades were not not amazing, uh, probably some average grades, you know. But then when mm. I went over to the Taiwanese American school, I was doing very well in school because mm. the syllabus was harder, mm. right? Yeah. And then yeah, the syllabus was harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taiwanese American school, yeah. Okay. The Singaporean syllabus was harder than that. Oh. So when I went there, it's like I did well in school because mm. Singapore was harder. And then when I went from the the Taiwanese American school over to New Zealand, I was I was. In school, I was doing more difficult stuff than what was in New Zealand. So when I first got to New Zealand, school became easy for me. Mm. You know, it was always like that that pressure. So I then I then come to realize the Singapore syllabus is actually very, 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 very difficult. difficult. Yeah, yeah. But but here's the thing, right? Like the whole point of education is just to is just to categorize people mm. into a functional workplace. That's the way I see it. For mm. example, if if everyone can be like a white collar worker, right? There mm. will be no blue collar workers, mm. right? So uh, grades are put in a way to kind of like compartmentalize or like uh, make segments, right? To mm. to choose career paths for different people, right? Um, having said that, because in Singapore we're so competitive, everybody wants to outdo. Oh, you want you go tuition? I go to I go tuition twice a week, and then it's like okay, mm. I go five times a week. So then the ability just gets. You know, it just gets higher and higher and higher, and people are pushing yeah. each other. The end goal is just to see who's better than who academically. Yeah. But we then end up putting so much pressure on our kids, right? So back to what I wanted to ask is like, with so much pressure in Singapore, it almost feels like one cannot afford to fail. Even from primary school, you gotta be pushing, pushing, pushing. So when when you meet, you know, these children that you work with who just don't have an interest in study, mm. right? Like, where do you go? You said keep them engaged, but yeah. what do you then tell the parents? Do you say like everything's gonna be okay? Because mm. you know the parents will be like, no, everything is not gonna be mm. okay because once they fail here, they're not gonna, you know, the path so, is blocked. So. Once again, I always go back uh, and then I always ask the parents, are you afraid of failing? Or are you seeing your son as you or daughter as what you were 10 or 20 years ago? Oh. And, and they, project, they project this. Maybe, maybe in, in their lives, they might have failed some, some, some time mm. and they don't want their children to experience it. Mm. Um and and they project they might project your own fears yeah they project their fears on their own son or their own daughters right and of course their their children will not be able to uh, understand because you know at, at fifteen do you really want to know what you do want to what you want to do in your life no it's tough. yeah nobody wants to unless you know. Well, and some people do some but people it's rare. do it's some rare. people do if yeah. if let's say um like I I'm I know a few of my friends who's like uh, his whole family's are doctors, uh-huh. and at fourteen years old he was very clear he wanted to be an oncologist at fifteen years old. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. And and like okay. Yeah. Good and, for you. <laughs> and no, I was very happy because like it's like this. 
if everyone's like this, I don't have a job. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right. So, so it's like, um, and I always tell parents that um, if their grades are terrible, it's okay. Make an effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, and a lot of a lot of children nowadays, like they don't know how to study. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I always share with parents this. Like, this is my this is the technique that my maths teacher taught me. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a B. Uh, for your maths It's like You just do three sums a day Three mathematical questions a day Okay And so it, Let's say 300 days over the year Because 30 days 30 days School holidays right So mm-hmm. you don't study You do school holidays That's fine mm. um, So By the end of the year You would have done 900 sums uh-huh. So it becomes An accumulation And uh-huh. and the one thing That I always tell people Is that You cannot uh, expect to put in effort in the last two months mm. and get a good grade. You need to be consistent. And and you know what? It applies to every single part of your life. Right. So right. and and to me, even like um, you just have to be consistent. Uh. It, it applies to training. It applies to academics. It applies to to work. And yeah. if you're constantly putting in the effort every single day. Mm. Um, and a lot of a lot of a lot of parents they always equate to how much time study right. is progress. But right. you cannot, not, not efficiency, but how much time you spend mm, at the desk, mm, right? Yeah. Mm. So it's actually progress like to them like oh I stood uh so I studied oh I spent three hours doing maths. Oh. I could spend three hours doing maths doing three sums. Ah. Because I keep getting the sum wrong. Right. So I see. instead of looking in terms of that quantity, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of I would I would actually like encourage parents to actually look into more quality, be mm. it two sums, three sums, uh, mm. and and all and all this like consistent small small efforts right. will add up. I see. Yeah, I and see. I think and I think it doesn't just apply to. Uh, academics So it's like Take baby steps Kind of thing Yeah Like sm- right. um, No I wouldn't say Yeah it could be But Baby steps But mm. What you're actually doing Is you're Creating a habit Right Yeah Right uh, And habit uh, And routine Yeah Is more Likely to Be successful mm. Than having mm. a Enforced Timetable Yeah yeah, because yeah. every time when I speak, parents at my parenting seminars and ask them, uh, "Do you have timetables at home?" I say, yeah. "Yeah, yeah, we do. Do they work?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they look at me and be like, "Yeah, no." Oh. So instead of doing that, for uh, create a routine, create a habit instead of right. just uh, enforcing something. Right. And and if your children are not academically inclined, that's fine. Mm. Uh, not everyone is going to be an accountant That's true Not everyone is going to be a scientist or a researcher But it's hard to, for parents to accept this Yeah, thing, right? so yeah. And, and one of the things that I always encourage parents to do is like uh, Send them like for courses to, to learn skills Go for an art class right. Go for a crafting class Like right, one of the things that I right. picked up over the years was uh, leather crafting Oh, I like that. Yeah. As well. So, so if you look at my, oh, this at thing, my keychain, yeah, yeah, I, I, oh. I made that. So, oh, nice. So, and even now, I work in a in a orphanage, boys and girls home. So, yeah. we, uh, uh, in my office, I have a crafting table where oh. they can where they can come into my office and like um, create stuff whatever they want. Initially, That's they, cool. They made stuff for themselves. Yeah. Now they are making bags, making right. wallets. I uh, see. That's and, it. 
I don't know if you can see them, but they're like metallic uh, sculptures there as well that I yeah. make. But those are like uh, you fold them with pliers and you put <sighs> them together. Yeah, okay. I like Gundam, but yeah, I too, I too like like craft stuff. Yeah. It's fun. It like allows your brain mm. to go somewhere else, or yeah. either to you know if you don't want to think about anything, mm. you know, it, it gives you. I, I don't know. I, I really you enjoy know, these crafts. You stuff. know, like even even when it comes down to like um, uh, the sewing bit, mm-hmm, suddenly mm-hmm. you see this boy that who's who's really active and like is diagnosed with ADD, and then suddenly. Is just keeping quiet for about thirty minutes and just sewing, oh. and and this doesn't just become like a craft; uh-huh. it becomes like a life skill. Mm. Where you learn how to sew, and then like at the end of the day, in a few more weeks, yeah. uh, we learn like you know how to make more uh, sophisticated products, right? And it becomes more of a skill. Yeah. So don't I think I think at first we, as parents, I think we should not always look into like. Uh, achievements Like academic mm, achievements mm, mm. Yes They are important I agree yeah. But at the same time uh, Look in other forms Of um, Like things That they can excel with Not Not everybody Doesn't could have to be, to be academic right. Yeah right, right And This is difficult For our Singaporean uh, In the Singaporean context Yes Because We have to chase the grades Right Yes Because Good grades equals to good job. It's more the fear of falling back. I feel. Yeah. Nobody wants to be. Left and you know out. what? I've I've been through many job interviews, and like nobody asked what I scored for my O levels. Mm, mm. Uh, like nobody asked. Uh, like you know, uh, what's my GPA? <laughs> right. But people ask like, what can I do? How can I contribute? I to see. the organization. I see. Uh, I what see. skills do you bring? I see. Uh, what experience do you have? So, and mm. all of this, the variable is time. Mm. It needs time to develop. Mm. You, I mean, I'm not going to discount the fact that uh, grades are not important. Or getting mm. that diploma or degree or postgraduate is not important. It is. Mm. But you also need to be a little bit more um, well-rounded. Mm. Uh, need to pick up some skills You also mm. need to have A well-balanced life Like You need to have Your own hobbies yeah. uh, What makes you happy Like mm. I um, I have this Very simple philosophy In life Does it make me happy? Mm-hmm. Uh, do uh, Am I paid to do it? Do I earn money? Okay And the last one is Is someone forcing me To do it? So okay. If I if If any of this Is a no or or it's a negative like if 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 is does it make you happy? Yes, continue. Uh, does this if if this makes you happy and I'm earning money, yeah, do man. I do it? I'm continue. Then yeah. the last one is is someone forcing me to do it? No. Okay, now I continue. So oh. if someone is forcing me to do it, then I don't do. And yeah, if, yeah. if someone is forcing you but you're enjoying it, by all means, I uh, know go on. Right. But if someone is forcing you and you don't like it, don't do. I see. Yeah. I so see. it's it's this is this is just me la, and you know. Right. And 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 it's it's it works it, it works well for me. Yeah. Um yeah. especially like some people ask me like uh when you go and compete overseas, um you pay so much money to compete, you fly, uh who pays for it? So, yeah, I'm sponsored uh, uh, by my own pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, at some competitions, I'm paid to be there. Okay. Yeah, like especially competitions in like 
in in Eastern Europe and 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 Europe, yeah, uh, they pay for your flight, they pay for your hotel, you get an appearance fee, right, right. So it's amazing. And if you win, come in top five, you still get some more get cash more money. money. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, there, there. Okay, so there, there are a few more questions I want to ask you, but I'm mm. trying to like, uh, you know, um, organize them a little bit. So it's like. Mm. Um, maybe maybe let's just touch on this competition thing for now, yeah. right? It's like, so I'm I'm currently competing in karate. Mm. Now my my dojo is have been very gracious to sponsor me for like when I compete overseas, they do fundraise for me, mm. which I'm super grateful for. But this doesn't happen to everyone, you know. No, it doesn't. And and to compete four times a year, I cannot always ask for a sponsorship, yeah. you know. So it it does cost money. So yeah. how does as an athlete, how do you rationalize? You know, how do you go? Okay, you know what? I am spending money and but because okay you think about it from a very logical point of view for mm. people that don't understand passion to mm. them it's like yo you pay like $500 to fly overseas or $1,000 to fly overseas you come back with this medal that you mm. can't even sell on carousel for like 10 bucks you know so it's like why do you bother doing that you know so how how would you rationalize you know do, do you mm. just say that it's my passion you know or no. what what drives you to keep competing um well a world ranking is one Right, like you want to attain that, yeah, that goal, yeah, okay? Yeah. But but then again, you see, even if you don't get mm. that goal, your wife still loves you. Yeah. Your family still loves yeah. you. You know, you, you are still yeah. a man. You're mm. still a good guy. Mm. You know, so so why chase that goal? I think it is. This almost a, it's a very difficult question to ask. Mm. And if if you ask if if you're asking me that the question is, it's down to your own personal achievements. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter what other people think. Like in terms mm. of like, um, uh, why do I compete in the Highland Games or mm. like why do I compete in Europe and you know you're going to lose it? Uh, it makes me happy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it makes me happy. Mm. Um, I get to meet my friends. I get to hang out with my friends, and you'll be surprised. Like you know, um, when you know all these strongman athletes, they're all friends. Yeah. They're all they're all really supportive and encouraging of each other, and yeah. and and what you see on social media is the exact opposite. <laughs> Right, and right. it just people need to do something that makes them happy, mm-hmm. uh, makes them feel alive. Right. Because then the question I had would, would be for people who ask me like, uh, "What did you achieve uh, yeah. in in your life, mm. in the past? You know, on your deathbed, what are you proud of?" Mm. And I can safely say that. Uh, you know, if I were to die in maybe twenty years, uh, twenty thirty years time, mm-hmm. I would be I'll be happy to say that I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, mm-hmm. and I've contributed to the sport, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and doing things that make me happy. Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, I go to bed, and I wake up the next day, and I still want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I struggled with this for a long time because yeah. like so just now we talked about us seeing counselors. So you're mm. a counselor yourself, yeah. but you yeah. do see a counselor. I you do, know? I and, do. And that's something that I enjoy doing, right? Mm. I enjoy going to a counselor because mm. I think a lot of us um we put a lot of effort into going to the gym and lifting and all that. We <laughs> let's like physical, 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 mm. physical. Mm. But do we do enough work for mental? You know, I think mm. that's a very lacking Thing you know, like people see it as like almost like embarrassing to see a, mm. you know, uh, uh, to see a therapist or yes, a counselor. But actually, th- that mm. that's fine, you know. Yeah. So one thing that 
my counselor the first time right, I always talk about this experience because I enjoyed it so much when I first came in like he asked me like so so who are you you know then this was back then so <laughs> you the, actually that that's almost like a it, it could be like a very superficial question yes or it could be like a, a question so deep than the Mariana Trench <laughs> And it was the second one for me because at that point I had I had, I think this was when I when I left entertainment. So during that point, mm. right? That so the counselor says, so, "So who are you?" I said, "Well, uh, you know, I'm an uh, I'm I'm an entertainer, and I and I do this, and I do this mm. sport." And he goes, "No, no, those are the things that you do." Yeah. You know, it's about but who are you? Yeah. And I said. Oh, oh, okay, okay, no, no, no. Then, then let's not talk about my job. He's like, that's your job. I said, no, no, okay. So me, uh, I'm, I'm a break dancer and I do karate. And he goes, those are still things you do. Yeah. He's like, who are you? Then I was like, who the heck am I? And I sat down like literally Having an existential crisis. Yes, like three minutes. I was like, who the heck am I? Then he asked me this question. He goes, the people around you who love you. Mm. What are the qualities that they love you for? And they mm. said, okay. He said, take all the letters of of your name. So mine mm. being seven letters, E D E N, and my last name A N G. Just take mm. any of those letters, and think of a quality that people love you for mm. that isn't what you do. Mm. So it took me so long, and I said, you know what? I think generosity. I think I'm a fairly generous guy. I said maybe mm. G for generous, and he goes, okay, there you go. And he says, and now you're building who you are as a person yeah, yeah. and not what you do. And ever since that day, right till today, right, like I I focus so much more. I know how to prioritize. Yeah. You know, I prioritize on my life, loving the people around me. You yeah. know, like caring for my wife and you know, and all this. And it makes. All the things that I do, mm. I wouldn't say less important, but placed in the right place, mm. and it really helped my competition life as well. Yeah. I felt like if I lose a competition, so what? If I win it, great, mm. you know. But I still go home. I still yeah. love my wife. I still do what mm. I do, you know. And I think these these kinds of things help me, you know, uh, adjust things. And it mm. doesn't allow what I do to define me. Yep. Do you feel like you're also at at this uh, stage? You know when I was competing this whole this whole phase for the past ten ten or fifteen years, mm. everybody knew me as Taufik the strongman, uh-huh. but they didn't, uh, and they assumed I was this like uh, athlete only. And, and to be really honest, uh, the strongman persona is probably about thirty forty percent of who I am really. Ah. So and then we and then when they actually find out what I do for a profession, they'll be like, "You what? <laughs> yeah, same <laughs> You what?" Like, and then, uh-huh. and then when they found out, like you know, things that I do for fun, uh-huh. uh, you know, to keep myself sane, yeah. is that seriously? <laughs> you do this, yeah. Uh-huh. And and then when they find out a little bit more about me, they become really shocked about like, wow, this guy is <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. And I think there are more aspects of him than just strong. Yeah, man. like to yeah. you, it's like yeah, yeah, no shit, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah, and and. And you need to get to know the person first and mm. uh, what they do. And like, I, I personally find when people ask you, what do you do? Uh-huh. Uh, and I think it's just a, a gauge for them how to talk to you or how to treat you. Oh, yeah. I see. So, oh, they're looking for points of connection perhaps. I don't uh, know. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. But I, 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 I personally feel that um, I, know, I know who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I think I think the the key word here is purpose. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, then, if 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 you were to be in a session with me, and then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll ask you, so Eden, what is your purpose in life? Oh. What is your purpose here on God's green earth? Mm-hmm. 
Right, right. Some grey, some blue. Yes. <laughs> Depending yes. where you are. Yes. <laughs> right. So what is your actually purpose in life? And because mm-hmm. all of us, um, because you know, if you look at the Maslow hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. the top one is uh, purpose. Yes, when you self actualization. Yes, self actualization. Yes. So when when you find out that purpose, things uh, fall into place easier for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I remember I think like a few years back, and I was having this interview for my this current job, and like you know they asked me, so why do you want? Why should we employ you? Yeah. And um, they said that my name uh, is Ahmad Taufik, which means divine guidance. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Wait, Taufik means guidance. Guidance, guidance okay, and direction in, in, in Arab and Hebrew. Ah. Um, and and this, this, is my, this is my purpose, and I've been doing this for the past 20 years. Oh. And it is not just to create. Uh, a better world for myself uh, but it's to ensure that along the way in my life uh, I meet people yes. and I make their lives more meaningful and hopefully find purpose for them uh, because like it's now really odd it's really funny because the other day I was at the petrol station yeah and one of my former students now she's twenty something old, and like Mister Taufik, uh, shouted across the patrician and turned around. Who is this? Who is this? <laughs> Shout my name. Why you want to fight? Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I know. So I was like, Oh, Mister Taufik, you remember me? So I look. Of course, I remember you. Then uh, I call all my students, all, all the all the people I work with by uh-huh. their full names. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. So so it's it, it's just my habit. And oh. I just call them on a few. Why you call my full name? Why you let everyone know? Yeah, but that's how I remember you. Oh, yeah. I and, see. and and now I found out that she she's a nurse, she has two kids, she's married. Oh. And I said like, wow, I'm so happy because Yeah. Because like um my my contribution to your life, although it might be just Is he Uh maybe about two years, three years. Oh. Uh you have grown into your own person. Yes. And I'm just happy to be a part of it, no matter even just about two years of your life. It's like a, an honor to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You, could, you could say an honor. I just, yeah. I think it's just, mm, it's, that was my purpose. Yeah. All right. So even, even like the other time, this is just something really weird happened to me about five years ago. Hmm. Uh, one of my former students, out of nowhere, he, he texted me on Facebook Messenger. Hmm. And then and then he just told me, Mr. Taufik, thank you. I finally understand now. And I'm like, what Wait, you, what? What do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> what do you understand? And I'm like, uh, uh, and then he was sharing me. He just got out of prison. Uh, okay. He was caught for substance abuse hmm. and trafficking. And he understood why I had to send him home. Uh, because we were we were right. running we were running a camp for. For really uh, use at risk And we caught him smoking At about 2 o'clock in the morning oh, yeah. So I called his mom At 2 o'clock to pick him up oh, Because yeah. Cameron says No smoking on premises oh. If you do We'll call your mother you know, Pick you up Send you home mm. He actually told me This is about Almost 15 years later He said I finally understood why huh. And then he shared with me He was in prison for a while And you know Now he's starting a job so now he's working for a cleaning company, not just cleaning company, cleaning high high rise cleaning. Okay, okay. And I thought that was like wow. 
that's a really cool job. Yeah. Like, you get to do abseiling every day. <laughs> yeah, abseiling while cleaning, yes. Yeah, yes, and, yes. and like, you know, and, and it just hit me and like, you know, I finally understand ah. what you did for me all these years. Right, right. And And I'm like, processing. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. And I still remember his full name. Ah, yeah, and that, and yeah, and what whatever lives or or people that I worked with, um, although my role might be just like you know, maybe five percent mm. or out of that ten twenty years that they have, mm. um, it, I do feel that you know it's it's important for them. Yeah, yeah, and and I do believe that every. Every child that grows up needs that one caring adult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So even like some of the boys that I work with currently, they they constantly mess up and you know make mistakes again and again. Get caught yeah. for this, doing that, and some even my my caseworkers come up to me and they ask me, Mister Taufik, how do you even find the patience to deal with this? Mm. So that like, uh, then my I answered I replied was, have you ever felt that the whole world was against you. Mm. Have you ever felt that nobody cares for you? Mm. And these are the people that actually need the attention because all their life they had nothing, no friends, no role model. Mm. Uh, and then you are the, you're, and then they have no caring adult. Mm, mm, mm. And if you just take one away, everything else will collapse. Ah. So, Whatever you do now mm. will not translate into good behavior tomorrow. Right, right. It would not translate into good behavior two months, three months, or even a year. Mm. But ten years later, they will remember what you did for them mm. and mm. how you made them feel. Right, yeah. right, right. So love it. Yeah. So even even like for people, any investment that you do in people. Mm. Uh, time, your effort, your returns won't be immediate. Yeah. Your, especially if you're in this field, mm. Mm, if you're in social services, your returns would be five years if you're lucky, mm. ten if you're still in it, yeah, twenty if you're in it for the long haul. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I so see. when people ask me how how do I manage to survive twenty years in social services, I say I, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's just my purpose. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that the purpose. Yeah. So it, you need to find your purpose in life. Defined right? defined by your your name as well. I I don't know. It's a, yeah. I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or my mom and dad were total visionaries or something. Yeah. Can <laughs> can, can I um can I ask do you, do you have kids if you don't uh, have kids? No, no. You not, don't for, have kids. not for now. I have I have 48 of them to look after. <laughs> Yeah right, I see. But you don't have kids of your own. No, right? no, ah, no. Okay. I think I think not at the moment because yeah. and I will end work really late. Then uh-huh. uh, both the missus and myself. Not for now. Yet. Not for now. Yeah, huh? yeah. A- actually, my wife and I like um, not that many people know about it. Mm. But this, we just had our second miscarriage mm. after we got married. Second mm. one. So today we're actually after this we're gonna go see the gynecologist mm. to check if the second one really is a mm. a miscarriage. You know, um, but 
that's one of the reasons why I went to see the counselor mm. lately as well to you know put my my thoughts in check. Mm. Right, it's 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 not easy, man. And it's I think and I think the fact that you are seeking support or seeking help, yeah. uh, it's amazing because a lot of people don't do it. Like for mm. me at work, uh, professionally, I have my own clinical supervision. Yeah. Uh, whereby we I, we have a clinician or uh, a psychologist that works with us, mm. um, and they will and she will go through in terms of what we've done well, what needs to, what needs to be done differently, mm-hmm. and I think I think like a lot of men especially um, feel that they are they shouldn't be talking about their frailties or mm. their weaknesses to other people. Mm. Um, I do have a lot of my friends. Actually, my, my circle of friends is less than about, about that much. Right. <laughs> yeah, just about four or five of them. and um, True close friends. Yeah, true close friends that right. I can trust. Right. Um, and they, they do talk to me. And like sometimes I'll tell them, you know what? I think this is really beyond me. Mm-hmm. And I give them a number. Maybe you should call this person mm-hmm. and talk. Because whatever you're sharing with me, I'm... I will be always forever biased because you are my friend. Mm. And I think you would need somebody who's neutral and who's uh, like, they don't have any form biases mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. you or against you. Mm-hmm. So I would really encourage all, all not just men, yeah. men, women, children, to go see a, a counsellor for yeah. not... I don't even call it counselling. I, I call it like a mental wellness check-in. It's just like a tune-up. You could say a tune-up. Yeah, it's tune just, up like a, just like a check-in. You know how yeah. sometimes you, you text your friend after a few months at April, just checking in, how yeah, are you? Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but then who does it for you? Mm, so you I need see. to take care of yourself. And like even sometimes with, with, with the missus, and, uh, because we are both in uh, social services. Yes. So... Um, then sometimes she had she she would have a long day and then she'll tell me like she would just vent out everything. And sometimes yeah. when I'm not in that hit space, I'll just tell her that you know what, I need you to pause right now because uh, I can't process whatever you're saying because I had a really long and shitty day too. And mm. I mean, I'm not saying that yours is not important. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that. I cannot give you the attention that you need now, and mm. she and she understands, mm, 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 and I think um, that's great. And I think that this is really important for a lot of people. And if yeah. let's say um, you are unable to, if let's say your wife or your partner, your girlfriend or or boyfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> comes to you and uh, vents all these things to you, and mm-hmm. you're not at the mental. Uh, headspace that you can deal with it mm-hmm. you can just tell her I'm sorry I cannot talk about this right now because mm. just be honest like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not very good right now in my headspace yeah. and I think it's I think it's for us to actually say this what it actually does I think in the long run it creates like mm, uh, a better relationship yes because the the easy way the easy way if to be to just retort back, I don't want to talk about it, or I mm. uh, I don't want to talk about your work, and mm. and when you and, and if you notice the tone that that, that came out, it it mm. sounds almost uh, harsh or it sounds almost like uncaring or unkind. Yes. yes. But if you just like tweak it a little bit, mm. and be a little bit more kind, yeah. especially to yourself. 
um, a lot of people want to be kind to other people, but they forget to be kind to themselves. Hundred percent. And you know, it, it works hand in yeah, hand with forgiveness as well. Yeah, yeah. and and it's okay. It, it's okay not to deal with a problem. Mm-hmm. So it's okay not to take on your 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 partner's problem for that moment. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes, like you know, even with, with the missus, I'll just tell her that. Um, like sometimes she'll ask me, "Are you okay?" It's you need to say no. Uh, I just need about 20 minutes mm. Then I'll be okay I just need to Sort out my stuff And everything yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. come to you And she understands this And yeah. she'll just like Keep quiet And then she'll just walk away um, Yeah I love that Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it takes time mm. And like uh, It's something That you need to practice Yeah True And, and like you know And if, if And if, if It doesn't help Also if your partner Goes like Why talk to me Talk to me Talk to yeah. me and, and the and sad thing is yeah. it's coming out of a good place. They're truly, yeah. concerned, They're truly concerned. But then it comes out, it comes out as damaging. Yeah. Right? yeah. I wouldn't say damaging. It comes out uh, as a form like uh what's wrong with you? Why can't you talk to me about your, your own struggles? But right. um it's not it's just that they're, they're, they're just not ready to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. So so to tie in the whole thing about strong men, how we yeah. even started. We talked about timing, didn't we? Yeah. About you know when we want to do the right lift, we have to be in the right mind mm. space and the right timing. Mm. And we talked about the correlations with that and and the real world. And I do believe that even when it comes to dealing with whatever it may be, trauma, or forgiveness, dealing with situations in your life, timing is also important, you know, mm. you know, and taking that step away, like what you're saying, you know, mm. step away from it, you know, step away from it, recoup, you know, and yeah. timing, timing, you know. Um Brother, I think we, we we've been we, we've Whoa. been on for a while already. Okay. Time flies. Okay. I had so much fun, man. Okay. Um, I I just wanted to say I think um, going back to what we talked about being a strong man, mm. right? I think it is perfectly fine for yeah. a man to ask for help. Definitely. You know, I yeah. think that that's one of the things that I do did learn from this conversation yeah. you know but i i think there there is power and it is like people need to stop thinking about this as like something to be embarrassed about you yeah. know oh i had yeah. to ask for help i'm not a strong man anymore yeah. no that's not what you're yeah. defined by you know do yeah. you, you think so as well huh yeah i think i think one of the things that um if if uh everyone should should take away is mm. is that it's nothing wrong to ask for help yeah uh and if you're not in the good mind headspace or good frame of mind, mm. uh, it's okay to take some time out for yourself. Yeah. And like my, I always, I always tell a lot of people this is um, uh, my my secret to 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 good communication is my three T's: topics, three T's. Okay. Tone, timing, temperature. Oh, okay. The tone of your voice, the timing of your request. Uh, will determine the temperature of the situation. <laughs> wow, that's deep. I love this, it. This, I love it. And yeah, oh, so okay. mic drop. <laughs> yeah, this is what this uh, our episode here will be named that. Yeah. Yeah. So I so I, I I enjoyed my time today with you, Eden. Thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah so super appreciated. Hey, um, I'd love to have you back again to chat about um even more stuff. But there you have mm. it, man. From the strongest man in Singapore, man. It's cool to ask for help. And um, yeah, yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for this chat. I, I super enjoyed it. And um, let's let's do some lifting sometime. Well, <laughs> if not, I have to try that bread right. in the picture you showed me. Oh but, yeah, um, <laughs> oh, it's finished. <laughs> oh, you finished it. It, oh, it doesn't no. last more than two days. <laughs> Alrighty, thanks for listening, folks. Hope you have a good one. All right, bye bye. Mm-hmm.